the Get Naked Live podcast, where we are redefining the strong Black woman. I'm your host, Shirley Hubbard, and I am super excited to bring you intimately honest, sometimes uncomfortable, yet strangely funny conversations and real life stories on how emotionally draining being a strong Black woman can be. Each episode is designed to help you find the courage to embrace your emotional nakedness, define strength on your own terms, burn that superwoman cape because you know you are sick of wearing it, and learn to love life unmasked. All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of Get Naked Live. I'm your host, Shirley Hubbard, where we are redefining the strong Black woman. And today I have a special guest in my virtual studio, Miss Amy Brooks, who is going to help me shed a little light on the African-American experience versus the white American experience. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So thank you, Amy, for accepting my invitation to have this conversation. Welcome to Get Naked Live. How are you? I'm well. Thank you so much for having me. So excited to have you. (laughs) (laughs) And and, And like I told you before, Amy, I invited you on because of, you know, conversation that I had with somebody about this. So, but before we dive into that, I want to give you a few minutes to introduce yourself. Tell us who you are, what you do, what sets your soul on fire. Well, I am an author, but before that, I taught English for 16 years in Baltimore City and then now in Howard County, and I love social justice work through education, and when I stepped away from that, it was the same mentality, but supporting first-time authors get their ideas into book form, so Mm -hmm. from conception through complete publication, production, book in hand, it's a really interesting process, so I started my company, Voice Pen Purpose, mm-hmm. and uh, it's, it's been a pleasure to connect with so many. And I primarily work with women, so it's been a pleasure to connect with women from all over the world. So my family, we pulled our three boys out of school, sold our house, and moved to Costa Rica. Yes. And, <laughs> <laughs> and I had writing retreats there, and I plan to have more. I have some coming up in the near future. But I think it's really powerful to have women come together, take a break from regular life and focus on what their voice is, how they can show up, pick up the pen and step deeper into their purpose. So everything has been feeling really aligned and great. And I'm very excited for this conversation because I think we need to be talking more, not less. So I'm absolutely, absolutely. And I totally agree with that. We need to have more of these conversations. So again, thank you for agreeing (laughs) to come on in. So like I was telling you before we hit record, this whole conversation came up because of a conversation that I was having on, on Facebook with another man. And we were talking about the strong black woman. And his question was, why are we saying the strong black woman why? Because pe- because people are just people. And I do agree that people are just people, but I also agree that we have not had the same experiences. I mean, like, mm-hmm. it's no secret that amongst the African-American female community that there is this false sense of honor that, ha- that, is be- that has been bestowed upon us because culturally, 
we we are accustomed to putting the needs of others before ours. We are always running around trying to keep things together. And honestly, that dates back to slavery days. So mm-hmm. our experiences are not the same. So Amy, I want you to talk a little bit about that. Why why do you think our differences are not the same? Or do you think our differences, our, ex- our experiences are, are different? That's what I meant to say. What are your oh, thoughts on that? Yeah, no, I definitely think they're different. I think the word privilege comes up a lot for white people in general, but I think Mm -hmm. uh, white women in particular have the privilege to opt in or out of conversations, Mm -hmm. opt in or out of the struggle, the fight for justice, Mm -hmm. difficult conversations. Everything just feels really optional for white women. And to the extent where we can even say, men like you handle it and that's been happening throughout history right and the responsibility to have the tough talks has not been life or death Mm -hmm. for our children so I don't know many can I think of any white women I know mothers who you know have the talk with their kids about racial strife differences the complexities are just not examined so You know, I think it would go back to the privilege word again, like just having the privilege of deciding if you want to be a part of change. And Mm -hmm. if you choose not to, all is well. Like you're going to just be chilling like a villain because that's kind of (laughs) what you are. I mean, you're really just like not contributing towards the healing and you're enjoying the benefits of inequality of Let's stick with, for me, the United States experience is particularly mm-hmm. exaggerated. And I don't know about other countries. So I'm always framing all this within my experiences in the United States, growing up in a white community, white mm-hmm. high school, and then moving to the Baltimore area and then having a lot more diversity and then living abroad right. like in, in Ghana, in West Africa. So the, there's, there's a different contributing factors, which is also part of the difference. Like people just are in different spaces having right. different conversations. So let's talk a little bit about the stereotypes. I mean, for me, you know, we've been called angry. We've been called bitter. We've been called confrontational, you know, just because, you know, we fight for what we want in life. So, and, and I've seen like, even in corporate America, like white women can can say things that say the very same thing that a black mm. woman says and the black woman is immediately named the angry black woman, but I don't Mm -hmm. see that, you know, with the white woman. So let's talk about that a little. What has been your experience? Have you experienced any of that? Yeah. When I was younger, my white mother would always raise hell like everywhere. She was always Mm -hmm. like calling for the manager. And I've been processing this lately, like indignant rage, you know, coming from her or from me, Mm-hmm. how that shows up as privilege, you know, like mm-hmm. being able to always get what you want and having the expectation mm-hmm. of always getting your needs remedied and your outrage soothed. So mm-hmm. that's like almost a separate thing. But just to go back to what your question was, I remember my mom saying to me, and I had three brothers, so now I have three sons, so like not a lot of other females in these conversations, but she would say to me, if a man were to say the same thing I did, he'd be strong and assertive. But because mm-hmm. I said it, I'm a bitch. Mm-hmm. And I remember that message. So it's funny that you bring that up. I think there are levels of marginalizing of voices. Mm-hmm. And so she was recognizing that people were, and they said this about Hillary Clinton too, like screeching and mm-hmm. emotional and friendly. But then the angry black woman and the some of the mannish terms that are sometimes associated with black women, which is mm-hmm. 
defeminizing, like those are all part of conditioning to silence people. And so I just think it's really interesting. The I completely agree with what you're saying about the angry black woman. What I've noticed more in corp, well, in, in educational settings is the overwhelming white female voice because a lot of educators are female mm-hmm. and just dominating the discussion and speaking for others. So mm-hmm. the, the angry black woman doesn't even get to show up. Exactly. They, they, <laughs> it's, they're not saying anything. And when I talk to them privately, they're like, look, this is direct quote. I have to work with her every day. I'm not going. Right. Right. Or just so you know, we agree with you, but I'm not going to say that in that room. And mm. it's, it makes me feel some kind of way because on one hand I'm calling out people who are silencing others, but right. it's such an unsafe, it's such an unsafe environment that I don't get any, um, I don't get any, um, what's it called? I don't get any, not support, but I don't get any of the black women saying, I agree with what Amy's saying mm-hmm. because it's so unsafe. Right. So then that, what I said to them is I was like, sometimes that calls into question when I'm talking about, you know, like black lives matter because mm-hmm. somebody just said something really harmful and they're mm-hmm. in charge of instructing children. We need to make sure we examine this, that it's actually not an issue. Mm-hmm. So that's where the silencing of anybody is, is a cancer because then you don't get the authentic voices saying, yeah, y'all, what Amy just said is true, and we mm-hmm. do need to talk about it, and I don't mm-hmm. like it when you say such and such in mm-hmm. class, but because it's so toxic, we Absolutely. don't even get that balance. It's really right. upsetting. <laughs> right, because we don't, we don't feel comfortable. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I totally get that, but what do you think, just in general, what do you think, how do you think white women and black women and just the, the, the different cultures in general, how can we come together to remedy this situation. And I know it's not something that's going to happen overnight. Aside from having more dialogue, what can we do differently in our respective communities and our respective cultures to kind of shed some light on the situation, number one, bring awareness, but then to remedy the situation, what can we do to help with that? I mean, I feel like it's mostly white women. <laughs> so I'm like, I don't know. I mean, there are, there have been situations where I'm always, re- I'm really cognizant of, of race, like who I'm talking to, who, where people are sitting, like mm-hmm. who's liking my Facebook post. I think everything is a thermometer kind of taking the temperature of the tone and message and, mm-hmm. and perception. So on mm-hmm. a field trip yesterday, I was with a friend I've known for a long time. She happens to be white. We talked about racial issues the entire bus ride mm-hmm. to the amusement park. And the, all the other black women were sitting together. Mm-hmm. What I, I thought was, I don't like the optics of this because it's not the reality. So my short answer is authentic connections. I'm getting there. Mm-hmm. But the idea that all of the, the black women on the bus, there were like four of them and there mm-hmm. were two white women. Mm-hmm. I hung out with all all the other four women at different points. And all it took was me to be like, Hey, how are you? <laughs> right, like, right. And then they're talking, but I think a lot of white women are like, I don't know that person. They wouldn't want to talk to me. We don't have anything in common. Mm-hmm. And all of them, I mean, we laughed. The one woman hurt her ankle. So I got a medic and then we were like doting over her and I'd try to get my son to carry her, but she wouldn't let them. But you know, the idea <laughs> that the human connection is like right there. And I feel like in my entire experience, 
with anyone outside of the white community has been, and this is a huge blanket statement, has been nothing but positive. I, Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. God, I have never been rejected. I have never been made to feel less than. Right. The, the, the harm that has been done by white women is by not allowing those beautiful relationships just to naturally happen Mm -hmm. and by preserving that separation. So again, I just feel like authentic connections, just saying hi, inviting Mm -hmm. somebody over. Like Mm -hmm. I know a ton of people who would assume or would not think of inviting somebody who doesn't look like them over. And and a lot of times it's because I think they feel like they have nothing in common or they wouldn't want to come over to their house, Mm -hmm. but that's not true. And that's, that's the hurdle I feel like is really plaguing us now is most of the most of the communities I'm in and out of are super welcoming. It's the white community that feels the most standoffish and mm. isolated. That's that's interesting that, that you say that because I, I go back to, to the boardroom setting and you're basically what you're saying is let's just extend and extend and extend in hand, a hand, extend a hand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so so let you know, back to the boardroom situation where, you know, Black women are not as comfortable, you know, voicing their opinions for fear that they may be labeled some stereotypical label. So in that situation, are you saying that maybe the white woman should say, hey, Shirley, what are your thoughts on that? Heck yeah, of course. Of course. And I, when I'm facilitating, I try to, I learned this from uh, Saturday Night Live, I guess Lauren Michaels would, whoever didn't talk would be like, I want to hear your ideas. And like, mm-hmm. everyone had to be quiet while the one person who hasn't contributed. And that became part of the culture was everybody was going to contribute. And if you were quiet, you're going to get called out. So you mm-hmm. need to proactively jump in or know that it was going to come around. So that's entirely on leadership. Mm-hmm. And one thing that just occurred to me was um, I'm in spaces a lot where I'm the only white person and mm-hmm. it's it's fine. It's comfortable. But then when I invite one other white person, when I feel like it's, it's safe and sometimes it's not, sometimes they introduce a toxic element, but let's say I invite one person the whole time. I feel them looking at me like, what are we doing? Why did, I didn't know like, what, why am I here? Is this okay? I'm uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like my job the entire time is to model, like, this is normal. (laughs) I'm normalizing this year. Absolutely. This is what it feels like to be in the minority in a mm-hmm. scenario, and it's okay. Right. It might be more of an emotional strain. It might feel uncomfortable, but this too shall pass. The feelings of discomfort will pass. Mm-hmm. And look at me. I'm the same Amy. I'm not putting on airs or acting a certain way. It's always just me. Mm-hmm. But normalizing um, mixed spaces, and that's sometimes true with older folks, mm-hmm. with um, people from the LGBTQ community, mm-hmm. from yeah, different absolutely. religions. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, some folks have never talked to a woman in a hijab before. Like, mm-hmm. they don't know anybody Muslim. So to just model genuine, what I say, genuine connections or authentic connections um, is huge. So media helps with that. I think, mm-hmm. you know, like the TV shows and movies that are coming out right. where people can see how mixing is not uh, abnormal, how it is in fact normal mm-hmm. that bleeds into everything. 
Absolutely. I totally agree with that. So I want to talk a little bit about some of the stereotypes, like, <laughs> and I want to make this abundantly clear for, for, for our listeners that we are not here to contribute to the divisiveness that is our Mm-mm. country right now. We are not mm-hmm. here for that. We are really just, we really just want to shed some light on the differences, on the difference in experiences. So I want to talk about the black woman and the neck roll and the sassiness and and all of that and so how that is often mistaken for unclassiness ghetto or ratchetness why is it that it's mistaken for that and why you know those on the outside looking in why can they just not contribute that to our drive our passion and our culture but instead it's immediately turned into something negative oh i don't know i mean i it's funny <laughs> I, I i mean i i think about the spaces i grew up roman catholic and now i go to unitarian church that is predominantly white and makes me uncomfortable every uh-huh. sunday i uh-huh. grapple with it and i talk with my friends who are of color who happen to go there i'm like i feel like i need to just jump ship they're like, don't do it. It's okay. Yeah. But the reason why is because it's dry. I just saw somebody who just said this. They're talking about some of the graduation ceremonies in uh, HBCUs mm-hmm. and how ebullient and joyful and loud and proud and emotive and like all of these big, bold things that mm-hmm. white community in general disdains. It's not orderly. It's not silent. It's not... Right you know, how people have characterized professionals. So all right, this goes right. back to your question, are they mutually exclusive? Heck no. I definitely think that big, bold, passionate humans of all genders and every other category mm-hmm. need to be present. But when you have the rule makers saying that's not professional, then right. things translate. So I don't right. subscribe to that, but I do know I will be with another white person and somebody, or let's say teenagers, I notice this a lot. Like there are teenagers who, let's say black teenagers who are loud versus like really mousy, quiet white teenagers. Mm -hmm. The two groups will be, I feel like in my body judged by my fellow white person Mm -hmm. as being like unruly Mm -hmm. or not behaving. Absolutely. I don't see it that way. I think that they are, unbroken like they are whole human beings who Mm -hmm. have not been conditioned to bury their joy so i think that it's just there's a paradigm shift shift happening where things like this can be reframed and it's it's we're still really in the in the middle of it hence like people getting uncomfortable and like calling the police or asking for support like just sometimes if you listen to like you listen to what people are actually saying. Mm-hmm. Like most teenagers are pretty nerdy. Like most, so the people, a lot of people are afraid of teenagers in general. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of discrimination against young people as being lazy or entitled right. or um, just on their phone all the time. But I've been subbing in various high schools. And when you actually listen to what they're talking about, it's really funny because sometimes they'll be getting loud because somebody's not doing all their work or they got to right, be and they should have right, gotten an A. Right, right. And you're like, you're thinking that they're off topic. They're not. They're actually holding each other accountable. They're celebrating each other's victories. They're mm-hmm. doing X, Y, Z. And just because it's the volume is turned up and life is bigger, bolder, and brighter, that does not equate bad. So again, more modeling of that 
mm-hmm. in media, I think is, is critical. Like more Absolutely. T-shows and movies. Right. And, and, and just it, all around, don't just make assumptions you know yes don't never don't just, <laughs> like just because that's happening a lot I, I, i'm rolling my neck and you know that doesn't mean i'm angry like i could be just really passionate about whatever conversation i'm having yes. at the moment like don't just assume assume that i'm an angry black woman because i'm rolling my neck you know well I, I you know that's ridiculous i agree and you know when i was saying about modeling there have been times when it's like me and another white person speaking to a non-white person just in general Mm-hmm. and the person becomes passionate. I can energetically feel the white person like withdrawing, like this is making me uncomfortable. This mm-hmm. is getting loud. Mm-hmm. This is getting like the, the tea is hot. Like what's happening? They don't say that. But so yeah. in, in their energy, I can feel that. And mm-hmm. so then what I do is lean into the conversation and I match their passion or I reflect or validate what they're saying. And it's like the other white person's like, oh, Okay. We're not scared right now. Exactly. We're not uncomfortable. <laughs> oh, this is cool. And it's like all of a sudden it diffuses right. the tension because you right. know everybody. I mean, we can't right. pretend like the black people in the room don't sense right. the white people being like, Absolutely. alert, alert, alert. Absolutely. <laughs> Someone's getting riled up. Right. What do we do? How do we squash the passion? Like it, you can feel it and it makes right. you want to go away too because- yeah. Who wants to feel judged? Yeah, I agree. I, mean, I think at the end of the day, Amy, it's all about taking the time to understand another person's culture or another person's behavior. Don't just assume because it's out of the norm for you that it's a bad thing. So mm-hmm. it's really going to take, like you say, some some more positive in- images in the media, some more conversations, some more people willing to extend a hand and say, this girl is not angry. She is just mm-hmm. loving what she does. There is nothing angry about that. Hey, mm-hmm. let's rally around her and let's get passionate too. So yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, I was just, well, I was just thinking too about, you know, how Oprah has been a role model for a lot of white women. Mm-hmm. There are times when Oprah gets very passionate mm-hmm. or does think, and I feel like, like that's been a huge ongoing decades long teachable moment for white mm-hmm. women to be like, I get that Oprah is strong, beautiful, smart, all of these things, but then she can also cut people down and be very like mm-hmm. switch it in your face, real quick, yeah. <laughs> call, call you out. Let's yeah. pull, pull us together for a minute. Like, no, we're not going to proceed with this uh, nonsense. And, Absolutely. and, and that's, that's huge. I think if she had done nothing else, but kind of model, like every woman can be all things and you don't need to box people in. Absolutely. That's, Absolutely. that's a really big contribution. Absolutely. So, and, and you know, too, that, that, that goes back to some of the stereotypes go, go back to our black men. There are black men that say, you know, I, I won't marry a black woman or I won't date a black woman for, you know, she's too strong. She's too independent. She's controlling, argumentative, and they only date white women. And I know that you are in mm-hmm. an interracial marriage. So what are your thoughts on that? Like, are we too strong to be married to a black man? Of course not. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm like, I, that's not, I'm not even answering that question. I, I mean, there are times when I think that the, the solution to all the world's problems is interracial marriage, but I, I verbalize it now, but I know I'm not supposed to say that in mixed company because then you are intimately in it to win it. And now 
that my husband and I have been together for 20 years, uh-huh. it's hardly like risque or shocking. And, right. and I often think, you know, he's, he's one of two of my soulmates. So my mm-hmm. best friend is one of my soulmates and he's mm-hmm. the other. And we have, we've committed to growing together. So mm-hmm. back to stereotypes. I think that's part of society conditioning us. I don't think it's the black fathers or the black mothers. Right. I think society conditioning us that there is an ideal woman or wife or life partner. Mm-hmm. So the stereotype, I think, that most people have of white women doesn't really fit me or my mom. My husband does a lot. We're truly equal partners, which makes people uncomfortable when we talk about dividing up childcare and mm-hmm. household chores and things. Cause it's very unusual that, you know, a man will modify his work schedule so he can be home right. with the babies and you know, that we don't see each other as much. We're ships mm-hmm. passing when we were taking care of our boys when they were younger. And then when they were all in school, we could resume like, you know, parallel full-time jobs. But in terms of strong women, I, I will say my experience with a strong black woman is it's a lot of times it's a facade. That's uh-huh. who wants to this, be strong all the time. Yes, I mean, yes. Yes. So all of my friends that we're all pretty outspoken and I'm talking about everybody that I'm close with who is not white. Right. So all of them are really strong. They're really outspoken. I'm thinking of some of my Latina friends as well, mm-hmm. uh, straight and gay. And mm-hmm. when you sit down and you have like one of those heart to hearts, there's always tears. It's mm-hmm. always about heartbreak. It's always about things that are in flux or sick parents or annoying teenage children or an illness that they're dealing with. It's never like, I'm badass 24 seven. It's never, it's (laughs) never that. So I have to think that if everybody's showing up a hundred percent, then everybody can get along Mm -hmm. in an ideal world. But when you were, when I was saying about conditioning, if you live in a society where, you know, beauty, beauty is being displayed left and right. And again, sitcoms and other things are being displayed left and right as, as being stereotypically white. Mm-hmm. It's hard not to let that seep in your brain. Is that right? No, it, le- it, it requires a certain amount of um, consciousness right. to recognize that's being done to you. Mm-hmm. So I, I can't speak for any other marriage. All I know is, you know, nobody else has been trying to hang out with him or me for 20 years. Like we mm-hmm. chose each other. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't know that 20 years is inherently sexy on a day-to-day basis. Right. I still have a crush on him and vice versa and we're still super in love Mm -hmm. but that takes a lot of work I will I kind of want to say this though I there is a lot to the white male experience in America that it would take a lot for me to be able to completely relate to him Mm -hmm. Um, he would have to do a lot of work I mean there's just so many things that my husband and I kind of understand and, and how we're raising our children in modern day, you know, us and our values are so aligned Mm -hmm. and, and it definitely speaks to inclusiveness that what I said earlier, white people, that's optional, you know, so Mm -hmm. it's not optional in our. Absolutely. I, I totally agree with that. I totally agree with that. Black, black men have said that, you know, non black women are less stressful better teammates and all 
I totally disagree with that. I think that strength is an individual thing. I think that passion is an individual thing that has absolutely nothing to do with the color of our skin. I think it's innate and we're born with it. It's like you said, it's the way society has conditioned us to believe that this is how one race of people are. And it's absolute bullshit. I'm just, Mm -hmm. yeah, (laughs) it's Mm -hmm. just, it's absolute bullshit. And so that's really what this podcast is all about is to dismantle the stereotypes and help Mm -hmm. us to know that my, my way of expressing myself is not necessarily going to be the same as the way that Amy expresses herself. You know, I may be a little more passionate about whatever I'm doing than, than Amy is like, Amy is super passionate about writing and reading. I'm not, you know, so you're not going to, you're not going to see me up in a roar about that, but something that I'm passionate about speaking to women doing what I'm doing now, I'm super passionate about that. So you may, you're going to see me up in a roar about things like that, but that doesn't mean that I'm any less strong or any more strong or any less controlling or any more controlling than Amy is. It just means that we express our emotions different. I don't see you being up in a roar at all right now. So in terms of like labeling things, I feel like it's, (laughs) yeah, I don't, I don't see you up in a roar or, you know what I always think about you too, Shirley, is you're Mm -hmm. just so inviting and you're so welcoming and you're also, you create a lot of space for Mm -hmm. people to show up. So Mm -hmm. I think that's huge. Also, you're one of the more joyful people I know. <laughs> Thank you, girl. I try mm-hmm. to be. You are. I do try you lift me up. I mean, our conversations, I'm always like, woo. I think, I think we do that for each other because I remember okay. when, when I was on your podcast, it was so much fun. It was just yeah. so much fun. Like we, we laughed and we talked. And I will say this about you, Amy, that you do invite conversation. Like you don't shy away from the tough topics. And I, I, I admire that about you. I see you in the online space. I see the conversations that you have. I see the comments that you make. And I'm like, go girl, go. <laughs> <laughs> and I make mistakes too. I mean, just to be super clear, I mean, that I've made mistakes. Mm-hmm. I have said that I have changed. I have been um, reprimanded or reminded on so many levels. And I keep pushing myself to get outside my comfort zone. And then I make more mistakes and Mm -hmm. I get in arguments with my husband about race issues Mm -hmm. where I don't think he's progressive enough. Right. right. And, you know, I mean, we just, and then we'll, we'll flip back and forth. And I I just think the messiness needs to be super clear that in no way did like, in no way does it come easy to me to, to put my, to be vulnerable. And then it's embarrassing. Like if I say something that was, um, I can't think of an example right now, but (laughs) (laughs) if I, I mean, I got into, I yelled at my son and I yelled at the boys were playing basketball and somebody was yelling F and, and then the N word. And I thought it was a white man. I thought, and I came up over the corner Mm -hmm. and my son was playing and I was like, who said that? And every, all the boys were black. My son's biracial. I was with mm-hmm. my other son who looks just like him, but no, none of the boys made the connection. And my son was like, not acknowledging me at all, by the mm-hmm. way, from the basketball court. <laughs> and we processed through that a lot because I, I was like so disoriented. I was like, 
did someone just drive by and yell that? And then they're like, yo, what? I'm like, you know, I'm not gonna say it because mm-hmm. it's like mm-hmm. and I said honestly I thought it was a, a white man like saying something hateful and the guy was like the only person who's close to white is this guy and pointed to my son who then was like mortified that mm-hmm. he was put on the spot and when he came home I was like are you mad at me and he goes no you're just another white woman yelling at black boys and I was like <gasps> oh right right <laughs> <laughs> I had to like process that uh-huh, uh-huh. because I didn't want to become defensive. Yeah. And I talked about it with uh, my best friend who's a black woman. And she's like, that's bullshit. Like you heard them. You thought it was something else. You were just, I was like, you don't have to defend me. I was, and she goes, were you even yelling? I said, no, I was talking like this. Mm-hmm. I was never yelling. Mm-hmm. But it's so interesting how when people put things on you, like mm-hmm. he really, he really like crowned me in a stereotype that mm-hmm. I've tried to Absolutely. reject my Absolutely. whole life. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm not going to deny this. I need mm-hmm. to sit with it and be like, am I, did mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. how did those boys feel when I left? How did they, so yeah, it's, it's a work. In, and I don't have like pat answers. Right. That I, well, I think it's great right that, thing. I think it's great that you experienced that though, because <laughs> now you, because now you get just an itty bitty taste uh, of what we experience on a daily basis. And it, yeah. had, it, it had to like shock you even more because it came from your son and you're like, oh my gosh, did he really just say that to me? But we yes. experience things like that on a daily basis yeah. and it's, it's horrifying. It's belittling and it's hurtful. And so that's why we're having these conversations because we want to change all of that. And so I'm just happy that you're a part of the conversation, girl. Yes. Yeah. I'm so glad you <laughs> thought of me. That's yes. Super yes, loving. Yes. So yeah, thank you so much for coming on. And we're going to get ready to wrap it up. This has been a, a, a very good conversation. And I do think that people are going to take a lot away from it. So before we wrap it up, I'd like to do some little rapid fire questions with my guests just for fun. Because okay. I feel like we need to get to know you a little better. So, first one. What's your favorite summer activity? I like reading a lot. I, feel like I, I knew it was going to be reading all right. It's <laughs> <laughs> so funny. I've been reading a lot lately, getting ready for summer. <laughs> okay, so 15, if you had your 15 minutes of fame, what would you do with it? I, I would love to, to like have a national conversation about exactly what we're talking about right now. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. That be awesome. Wouldn't Cameras awesome? on. Yes. That would I'd be, be like, strange. Shirley, hurry up. Get over yes, here. Get over here. <laughs> <laughs> we only have 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay. The thing that you're most afraid of. Oh gosh. I can't think any, like all the stereotypical answers are coming in my head, like failure, but I've already done that. So mm-hmm. like not, to, yeah, not being the parent my kids need, like trying to oh, do the things yeah. that, that I think I should do, but that's not really what they need. So yes. sometimes it's hard to be the parents your kids need. Absolutely. Absolutely. Good answers. All right, guys, we are going to get ready to get out of here. But before we go, Amy, mm-hmm. what do you have coming up? Where can our peeps find you in the online space? So voicepenpurpose.com is my website. And I have retreats in person and I work with people one-on-one if they have something they want to share. My retreats and my um, latest programs are called Writing for Change. Mm -hmm. So it's really focused on people who want to share their experience and insights to be a part of the global conversation and change change their lives and change the um, environments we're living in. 
Absolutely. And where can I find you, honey? Uh, so voicepenpurpose.com is my website and my email is just amy at voicepenpurpose.com. So A-M-Y at voice. So are these like, these are like writing retreats that you're offering, correct? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And I, I'm going to continue to be nimble because I just talked with someone today about the idea of some online um, peer writing groups, you know, just where you show up and you're doing some of the work together instead of a top-down instructional okay. model. Mm-hmm. And then same thing with the writing retreats, getting into spaces where people can carve out some time to explore their writing voice. And so I'm, I might be shifting to something a little bit more uh, lower budget, I guess is kind of what I'm saying yeah. too. Less, ex- less extravagant, more yeah. um, accessible, mm-hmm. all of those things. And also where I can do more writing and be less of the leader. Yeah. Okay. Well, you guys, if you need any help with writing a book, if you just want to get away and write a little bit, Amy can be found at voicepinpurpose.com and we will have all of this information available in the show notes of this episode. So if you happen to miss this information, hop over to getnakedlive.com, click on her episode with her lovely picture and you'll see all of her contact information. Amy, before we go, parting words for our listeners. One thing you want them to take away from this conversation. Oh, everybody has a voice. I think that's why my company name resonates with me so much. Everybody has a voice. Everybody has their zone of genius. Everybody Mm -hmm. has their wisdom. And I would encourage people, I'm going to be a little saucy here. I would encourage people not to be selfish with that and to share Mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Share your voice. Speak your truth. Stand Mm -hmm. in your truth. We need you. (laughs) Absolutely. Like, We can't shy away from these conversations. We need to have these conversations. So definitely use your voice. Use your pen too. If you want to write about it. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Part of your your purpose. And And it it, it may be your purpose. So yeah, use all of that. All right, guys, we are out of here. Thanks again, Amy. Thank you. Woman. Woman.